okay. I got hearing aids, but I still can't hear. So, <laughs> and I tell you what, taking medicine that dries it out, and I've got a mint in my, or a cough drop in my mouth as big as Hoover's hat. <laughs> I got to get rid of that. All right, so good to be back. Ann and I are thrilled to death to be here with you, and I want you to know, all these years, we keep you in our prayers. We really do. And especially, excuse me, especially now, during this transition time, uh, you are in our prayers and will continue to be uh, as you seek God's will for Central Baptist Church. Man, we love you. I hope you know that. We love being here. And uh, in fact, Brother Jeff mentioned when I left here, I became the director of missions here in Brevard County. And I never dreamed I would be that. I really didn't. But uh, those six and a half years, I miss being in the pastorate. And, uh, uh, but I enjoyed the challenge that God gave us here in Brevard County. And uh, as Southern Baptist Church is joining together, but we love you, and we continue to pray for you. And as I said, we're both just thrilled to death to be here. And you know, Satan always tries his best to throw a monkey wrench into things that God wants to do. You agree with that? And several things have happened like that. And uh, you know, you think, hey, man, are we doing the right thing? And trying to get here, we had several things, but we're here. We believe God wanted us here, and we're thrilled to be with you. I'm not going to take a lot of time reminiscing uh, because I could do that. And I want you to know something. This man here is one of the dearest friends I've ever had. And I'll be honest, and I'm not saying this because he's sitting here. He is the greatest I've ever worked with. And I mean that. And that's saying a lot because I've been doing it 50-something years. And what, 57? And uh, so he's a dear, dear man of God, and I love him to death and his family. Go ahead and turn to Matthew 28. Our brother read uh, one part of that. But I want us to think on the subject of what does Easter say to us today. And in Matthew chapter 28, if you'll follow along as I read, I'd like us just to read that chapter because it's so much. And, and you know, the word of God speaks for itself, does it not? And if we will read and listen as God speaks through his word and allow the Holy Spirit of God to take his word and plant it in our hearts and speak to us concerning our own life. What a difference it can make. So let's look at uh, Matthew chapter 28, beginning in verse 1. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning and his clothes as white as snow. 
and the guards shook for fear of him and because uh, and became like dead men but the angel answered and said to the women do not be afraid for i know that you seek jesus who was crucified he is not here for he is risen as he said come see the place where the lord lay and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them saying, Rejoice! So they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Now while they were going, behold, some of the guards came into the city and reported to the chief priest all of the things that had happened. And when they had assembled with the elders and consulted together, they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers, saying, Tell them his disciples came at night and stole him away while we slept. And if this comes to the governor's ear, we will appease him and make you secure. So they took the money and did as they were instructed, and this saying is commonly reported among the Jews even until today. Then the eleven disciples went away to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. Amen. Let me get our minds going a little bit this morning. Let me just ask you a couple of questions. Why is it that Doctors call what they do practice. Why is it that man who invests all of our money is called a what? Broker. And why is the time of day with the slowest traffic called rush hour? And why can't women put on mascara without their mouth open? <laughs> but more important than that, folks, listen. Why is it that at Easter more emphasis is placed on Easter eggs, pretty clothes, things that really are not important. Why is more emphasis put on that than on the real meaning of the day? And that's the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, which means eternal life through him when we trust him. 
you know, the world around us. Very unaware, of course, of, you know, the real significance of Easter is more concerned with things like that. And, you know, we as believers, we as followers of Jesus Christ, we who have experienced that free gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ because we believe in the resurrection, that death has been conquered and and that eternal life has been offered through faith in Jesus Christ. Why is it that we, even many, do not place the emphasis on the resurrection? You know, again, we, we as followers of Jesus Christ must never allow the meaning of this day to diminish because we're living, let's face it, folks, we're living in a pagan world. We're living where most people do not believe anything about the resurrection, anything about God, anything about Jesus Christ. And it's hard to admit that maybe, but it's true. And you and I as believers of Jesus Christ must be ready to never be ashamed, but to present the truth to the world around us. And that's why it's important for us to understand what Easter says to us today. Because you see, Easter is is a time to celebrate the new life in Jesus Christ. Many think it's talking about the death, dead, just being dead. But man, it's talking about life, isn't it? It's talking about death being defeated and life winning. That life is victorious. And we must never allow that to diminish in our celebration of the resurrection. So that's why I want us to look at what does Easter say to us today? First of all, Easter says rejoice. We see that in verse 9, even the words of Jesus. In fact, these three things we're going to look at are the very words of Jesus Christ. It says rejoice. And why do you suppose? that Jesus could say to those women on that first Easter morning, why do you suppose he could say to them, rejoice? Well, I want to share some reasons why, because it applies to us today. First of all, Jesus could say rejoice because God is and has always been in control. Do you believe that? Do you believe God's in control? It's easy to think that maybe he's forgotten what's going on down here, right? But he hasn't, and he's in control. We think things are out of control, but he is in control. You see, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ did not catch God the Father by surprise, did it? It did not catch him by surprise. In fact, he planned it from before the foundation of the world. Listen to 1 Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 18. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold, from your aimless conduct received by traditions from your fathers, but you were redeemed 
with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. You see, not only did God plan and prearrange our salvation through the death and resurrection of his only begotten son, but he also had, and he continues to have, his messengers, you, me, all of us as believers, as messengers to proclaim this good news to the pagan world, to those around us, to all who will listen. And we'll talk about that a little more in just a moment, because you see, we need to let those that, that are around us, people that you will touch, that I will never touch their lives, but you will, and you can share that good news with them and give them that opportunity to respond to this good news of salvation in Christ. So the resurrection says, even to us today, rejoice, rejoice, because he cared enough to plan and carry out his plan that you and I could be saved. But look at a second thing, that Jesus could say rejoice. And it's because it's Jesus who is who, he is who he says he is. Jesus is who he says he is. Who is he? He's the living Savior. You see, the resurrection is not only a miracle, but really the resurrection is a sign from God. In fact, Jesus himself said about his resurrection that it would be a sign. Listen to Matthew chapter 12, beginning in verse 39. Jesus himself said, No sign will be given to this generation except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Jesus said, this is the sign. He is the sign. His resurrection is the sign. And his resurrection uh, is a sign of the authenticity of who Jesus is. In other words, it is proof that he is who he says he is. I read just the other day, someone said that Jesus' death proves that he was man. Jesus' death, excuse me, yeah, Jesus, his death proves, um, excuse me, his resurrection proves that he is God. His death proves he's man. His resurrection proves that he is God. So it is the sign that Jesus himself said. Listen to Romans 1, uh, beginning in verse 1. Paul, a bondservant of Jesus, Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God, which he promised before through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. 
concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord, who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. So who did Jesus claim to be? He said he is the one and only Son of God. He said he is the absolute, the only way to heaven. He claimed to be the only source of life, real life, abundant life, eternal life. He claimed to be without sin and the perfect expression of God himself, of God the Father. And, you know, listen, people, even a cursory reading of the Gospels will show us that Jesus Christ claimed to be just a whole lot more than, than just a good teacher. And, and some believe, you know, he was just, that's all he was, a good teacher. But it shows us so much more than he was just a good teacher or a spiritual leader or a prophet. Jesus, in his claim, you know, he did not say he's just one of many ways to God. But he claimed that he is the only way to God. And you know as well as I do, you hear it everywhere today. There are many ways to God. And, you know, sadly, you hear it even sometimes in TV preachers. I've heard that. He's not the only way. Folks, according to the word of God, according to what Jesus says about himself, he is who he says he is. He is the only son of God, the only savior. There is no other. Only through him can we have eternal life. So, when you hear all these fantastic claims that people are making, and then you hear what Jesus himself has said. Should you believe what he said? Should you believe what God's word very clearly says that Jesus said of himself? Or should you listen to all this other stuff that you hear from those who don't, do not even know who Jesus is? You see, after all, a, a lot of people claim to that there are other ways to God. Some even claim to be the Christ, uh, the Messiah. Some can claim to be that they can show you by uh, through them the way to live forever. I don't know if I should say this or not, but I am. You see it everywhere in Buddhism. You see it in Islam. You see it in Hinduism. You see it in this New Age religion. You see it in contemporary messiahs that claim to be one that can save you. And you even see it in people who claim they had a special revelation from an angel and can tell you what you need to do. So who's the real deal? 
Who's the real deal? And whom are we to believe? There was an extremely educated man one day said to a little girl who really believed in Jesus Christ totally. And, and this very educated man said, poor little girl, don't you know who you believe? You know there are many who claim to be Christ. So which one do you believe? And she said, sir, I believe the one who rose from the dead. That's the difference. That's the distinguishing mark. Mohammed didn't come forth from the grave. None of these other religious uh, founders came from the grave, rose from the dead. None of them. Only Jesus Christ is the one that claimed to be the Son of God and proved it by his resurrection from the dead. So we can believe in him that because of his resurrection, you and I can know without any doubt when we trust him as our Savior and Lord, the grave is not the end. But eternal life waits for us with him. No wonder Jesus said, rejoice. And folks, we can rejoice today. Well, let me hurry along. I got about another hour to go. And look at the second thing. Easter says, don't be afraid. Verse 10. You see, that, he said, don't be afraid. People, I, I think today, are experiencing a lot of fear. Don't you agree with that? A lot of fear. Of course, people have always been fear, have fear of death and the unknown. A lot of people have fear because of rejection. A lot of people have fear because of abuse. A lot of people have fear because they're losing their freedom in America. Does that hit home to us? A lot of people are afraid right now, folks, because of what we're seeing happen. We're afraid of losing our freedoms. Many others are afraid of financial difficulties and failure. Many are fearing illnesses. COVID-19. Really. And, and there's just so much fear in the world. Many are fearing corrupt government and government officials. A university survey has found that nothing scares Americans more than corrupt government officials. According to Chapman University, 73.6% of Americans report being afraid or very afraid of government corruption more than any other fear they were asked about. Now let me ask you, what were the first words the angels said after Jesus arose from the dead? Don't be afraid. What were the first words Jesus said after he rose from the dead? Don't be afraid. What were the first words the disciples heard Jesus say when he met them as a group? Don't be afraid. 
he was emphasizing there's no fear any longer of death. There's no fear because death has been conquered. And that's the message of Easter. That's what Easter says to us today. In addition to rejoice, he's saying don't be afraid. And the reason we don't have to be afraid is because of what Christ has done. We don't have to be afraid because God literally has demonstrated his love toward us. Romans 5, 8, but God commended or demonstrated his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners and didn't deserve anything at all, Christ, what? Died for us to pay the penalty of sin and the third day arose to prove that we have life in him. So we don't have to be afraid. Also, we don't have to be afraid because Jesus has won that victory over death. When Jesus said, don't be afraid to the women on that first Easter morning, it was because he was alive. See, they went to the tomb thinking they were going to anoint his body, that he was still dead. But he was alive. And you see, we are able to have that relationship with him that promises that because he lives, we can live through him. Hebrews 2, verse 14, only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil, who had the power of what? Death. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. Do you hear that? He releases us from being slaves to that fear of dying when he had conquered death. And then a third reason we don't have to be afraid is just the simple fact, folks, that this eternal life we're talking about when Jesus said we can live forever, that, that you know, it is real. Eternal life is real. It's not a fairy tale. It's not some big hoax that God has cooked up. It is real. And I believe, you know, that God wanted us to understand that even though we might have that fear of dying in the unknown, we don't have to any longer because we know that the grave is certainly not the end. And then one other thing, I'm trying to hurry where I won't keep you past one, but, you know, every one of us, every person who believes in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, God's word has promised that when we believe in him, that we have this eternal life he's talking about, right? Probably a verse all of us learned from the time we were little toddlers. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever, what, believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's good news, isn't it?
Well, let me move on to that last thing. Easter says to us today, also, go tell. He mentioned this, Jesus' words said it in verse 10, in verse 19. Jesus said to the women that Easter morning, go tell. Because, you see, this was the good news that Jesus wanted spread. He wanted told to the disciples and then to them, others, and then on out. And it's not, you see, the, the, the resurrection of Jesus is not just a, a historical event that took place and then no, no significance. It's important to remember that, by the way, that it was historical. It's so much recorded in history of all that happened during that same time. So that's important. But it's more important to understand that we have to get past that intellectual uh, concentration on that and just looking at historical facts, that kind of thing, because the, re the resurrection has an evangelistic emphasis to it, and we cannot forget that. We have to remember what we read just a few minutes ago in the last two verses of Matthew 28. Jesus, first of all, in John 20, verse 21, Jesus even said, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. He was talking to his followers. And then what we read, listen to it again, he said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then you don't stop there. You teach them to observe all things I've commanded you, Jesus said. And he said, I'll be with you even to the end of the age. And we forget that second part sometimes. We're, we're to share the good news and hopefully see people receive Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. But folks, as the church, as the body of Christ, we need to come together strongly in unity so that when we are able to see new people come to know Christ, that that we can take them under our wings and we can begin to train them and teach them what God teaches us in his word about also being those who witness. See, that's God's plan from the beginning, is that, that one tells another person that, who is lost the good news of salvation in Christ. And then you train that person how to tell someone else. And when you begin to realize it that way, you, you understand that this command really in Matthew 28, 19, 20, to be those who share the good news of salvation and to reach all nations, you know, it's overwhelming. How can you ever do that? Well, God had the plan, didn't he? And his plan was, as each person comes to know Christ as Savior and Lord, each of us as Christ followers are to be excited about telling others who do not know Christ how they can come to know him and forgiveness of sin and have eternal life. That's what he wants each of us to do. This is what he wants his body, the, the church, to be about. That's why you're here, really. That's why you're still breathing. It's not because you've got to go to work tomorrow. 
and for those of us who are retired, we still got to go to work tomorrow, but it's not about that. It's about me and you, the body of Christ, sharing the good news, being those messengers of the good news. That's why God has you here. That's why God really has planted you right here in this church to be the body of Christ and to come together as the body of Christ and be that strong force. And folks, let me tell you something. The world's trying to tear us apart right now. we got to make a decision. Are we going to join together tightly for the cause of Christ? and be bold enough to stand together. We need each other. We can't do it by ourselves. We need every single member of the body to come together. In fact, next Sunday I plan to preach on nobody is a nobody in the body. And I hope you'll be here for that because every single one of you is important to God. That's the way we're able to go tell as the body of Christ. We help each other to do that. And so I challenge you. You know, we're not just a social, we're not a social club. We are his body. And I challenge you, church, to pray and ask God to bring you together so that you can be that lighthouse in this area. God put this church here for a purpose, and he still has that purpose. We come together and determine we're going to be those messengers of the good news that Jesus, yes, he died, but he rose again. He ascended to the Father, and one day he's coming again, and I want to be ready to go with him, to be with him when my time comes to leave this earth or when Jesus comes again. I want to be ready. So where are you today? If you're a Christian, I, I encourage you, continue to grow. Stay in the word of God and come together in fellowship to encourage one another during these difficult days and be stronger than ever in sharing the good news. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your saving Lord, as God's Holy Spirit speaks to your heart, please listen to him. If you want to know more, I'll be glad. I'll be here after the service. I'll wear a mask for those who are concerned about that. I don't mind doing that. In fact, we're in, we're in Huntsville, Alabama. Alabama has the mandate, and our church has been beautiful that we're members of now since I'm not pastoring. Uh, there is a huge church, but they simply ask us to wear a mask when we come in. When we sit down, we can take them off. When we leave, put them back on. That way we can, you know, in those tight halls, be okay. So I'll be glad to be here just to know that I care. And I can love you six feet, as far as that's concerned, but I can, I can love you right here. I'll be glad to talk to you. I know Brother Jeff would be, if you'd be more comfortable with him, and others, I'm sure. But if you would like to know more about coming to Christ, please do that. Do we have an invitation? Do we do an invitation? Okay. I'm going to ask that you stand with me, and I'll be here. I spoke before I asked him, but didn't I? But we'll, we'll sing in just a moment. Let me pray for you and 
let's ask God's Holy Spirit to interfere right now, to come and do in our hearts what he wants to do. Would you join me in that prayer? Father, thank you that we can rejoice. Thank you that we don't have to be afraid of death. And Father, thank you that you've given us the privilege to go tell the good news. Father, I pray right now as we wait before you, as we come to the close of this service, I believe your Holy Spirit, as always, Lord, is at work. And Father, I pray that each of us would be willing to listen to what you're saying to us individually. And Lord, that we would respond, whatever proper response would be, that we would do just that. Maybe it is just to stay right where we are and commune with you. Maybe it's to come and kneel in this altar. Maybe it's come to speak to one of us. Whatever, Father, you're saying, may we listen. We'll give you the glory for it. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll be here at the front if I can help you.